0: Don't toy with me. I'm not a little boy any longer, and you are an old man. I'm still faster than you. That may be, but I have armor. Let's find out.
1: We spoil season one of Boba Fett, but it's actually season 2.5 of Mando. This is spoilers. Very true. This is spoilers. Isn't that the truth, though?
2: (laughs) Fett. That was pretty good. Mando.
1: Oh, Mando. Hello, everybody. This is your host, Stevie. Uh, And tonight or today, whatever time you're listening, we are spoiling the book of boba fett season 1 let's go from east to west and um, let's just dive right into this i want to know what your guys' least favorite part of the show was uh this is pappy
3: least favorite part of the show by far luke skywalker showing really it. um again listen
4: this whole shit. Find a new Listen. slant.
3: <laughs> Luke Skywalker has never been the best character in Star Wars. The Uncanny Valley CGI Luke Skywalker is a thousand times worse. But I think what surprised some people tonight, I'm kind of very positive on the Book of Boba Fett. So I have very few complaints other than that weird sidetrack. Actually, specifically, my least favorite part was when. What's the chick with the Ahsoka Tana? Yeah. Is that her name? Yes. When Mando's like, "Why are you here?" and she's like, "I could ask the same thing to you." And Mando's like, "Cause the story has a reason for me to be here. Why are you here?" <laughs> and she doesn't even answer that question.
5: Why is she there? It, it's so we need lazy. Exposition, Pap. Do you want me it's, to answer that when the time comes? Maybe when we yes. talk more about that episode? <laughs> I'll tell you what I think Pap, just as like a hardcore Star Wars fan when we get there. Not that I know, right? I wasn't in the writing room, but I can tell you what I think Should have been. there.
3: I'll say this though, I don't have as many complaints as one would imagine for a Star Wars thing.
5: Okay. Josh?
4: Well, is Mikey in this pod or not? He's here. He's here. I mean, I, well, will I go think to he, Mikey? He's Eastest, right? I don't know. This is Josh from Ghost. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you about? talking about? Oh, sh- How, How often go. are
2: you going to keep this ruse
4: up? <laughs> My mistake. Josh from Goshen here. My least favorite part, and uh, what I will think back on a little bit, probably too much when I look back at this series, is the blocking in some of the battle scenes, especially in the last mm-hmm. episode. Um, there's a couple of parts specifically that are really bad, but um, maybe kind of like Corey, I can save those three specific examples for later when we get there. What did we learn from Jurassic Park, Josh? Uh, you know, you don't show the super wookie. The whole time. You don't show the, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You just don't do it. You don't show the whole thing. That really is kind of what I'm getting at, honestly.
6: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, shows like this and even Blockbusters today, it blows my mind when they show a full view of something instead of doing partial and doing like decent blocking. It just blows my mind.
4: Someone told me that they thought this sequence, especially in the that uh, last episode huge battle would have worked better as a cartoon kind of feels like a cartoon and I think they're right but when it is live action some of it like just practically the way they're not taking cover Mm -hmm. or the slowness (laughs) of maybe people pulling a trigger (laughs) for instance yeah
1: it's um that was a very clunky sequence You, you got that right Mikey, for someone who didn't watch the show, do you have a least favorite part?
2: Uh, Mikey, recording from Chicago. Um, I, uh, like Stevie said, I only ended up watching episode five because it was the Mando episode. And uh, I loved all of it. I don't have <laughs> any complaints. Good man. Good for you. <laughs> so you far, saw the right one, Mikey. This is S-tier television for me. It's like a one-off of True, De- True Detective season one right here.
5: Oh, fucking good-ass episode of Star Wars stuff right there. Yes, Mikey. Asked yep. tier television. All right, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. It's kind of hard for me to answer that. I didn't prep something like that, so off the mm-hmm. top of my head... I'm sorry? No, I was saying, I know. I always come in guns hot. I never tell you guys what I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Well, just off the top of my head... Uh, there's a little Tuscan Raider kid in this show. He's in a few episodes. Yeah, oh, he's cool. If I was Boba Fett, I would have probably choked that kid out when his parents went around. <laughs> oh, I put that kid oh, down! What, what the thing. hell? Not just the men, but the women and the children too. To quote my hero, Darth Vader. So, hero, hero. Did I say hero? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he is pretty cool. Corey's also a big Mussolini guy. Uh,
5: yeah. I, I kind of hold a grudge sometimes for an extended period of time, maybe too long, some might say, Stevie. So if I was being held captive by these disgusting fucking uh, Tuscan Raiders, and then- They are the worst. The little that kids start coming up and beating me with sticks, I'd remember those kids. I'd be like, okay, kids. One day I'll have a stick. They let him
4: God. live. Man,
5: Corey, jeez. Boba Fett is very forgiving in that way. He's gone soft, Corey. He's gone soft. We
1: all
3: do. Also, how lucky are we as a podcast to have Kylo Ren memes
6: Isn't talking that great? Star Wars here?
1: This is pretty special. It's exciting. I'm almost nervous to say anything because it's like Corey knows way more than I do. So any complaints I any complaints I have can probably be filled in real quick from like You know, the Clone Wars or something like that.
4: How long have we had Corey on the podcast now? Because it feels like we just take it for granted, all his Star Wars knowledge. We're just a bunch of losers out here.
1: (laughs) Is this year three? Did we get him
2: before the great great acquisition age? (laughs) 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 Corey's been on for
3: over half of spoilers, I think. There's been more spoilers with Corey than without Corey, I believe.
5: I don't know if exactly that's true. But when I first started, we were doing the Fellowship Lord of the Rings series, like right after I joined. Uh, now we're doing the third. So I guess that's wow. a- This is year wow. three? I guess we're that's now two years the technically.
2: The Corpo Beautiful. Wars. Yes. <laughs> is
3: the Boba Fett episode going to sound more positive than the Return of the King <laughs> episode?
6: I'm a little worried about
5: <laughs> it. Well, it has
1: to by default. I mean, so Corey joined right after the Night of a Thousand Tears for spoilers. So yeah, it's about three years now. Good on him. Mm-hmm um pap i want to kick this to you Mm. (sighs) episode one was incredibly annoying to me i think it was easily the worst episode by far do you think they shot this like as a pilot to maybe get picked up or what like in your mind like what happened with this episode because it looks nothing like the rest of the series
3: i called you today and you described it as looking very power ranger Yes, (laughs) Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, much like Power Rangers. That's what it reminded oh, me so of. Oh, so it
2: was
3: fucking sick?
1: <laughs> um, Something
3: like that. Sort of. Uh, episode one, I, I was a little confused by the editing at this point, and it took me a, like, a couple episodes to get into it. For this discussion, I will say I'm way more into the flashbacks and the building up of Boba Fett mm-hmm. than I am like when he's like actually in power. Um, and the the subsequent episodes do a good job of kind of like mixing those up. But there's something about when he's in power that it looks a little bit cheap. You know what I mean? And and like this episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez. We've done lots of Robert Rodriguez stuff at this point it's on this shocking. podcast. If you also consider Mando. But yeah, I I don't know. This was like one of my least favorite episodes, actually. Like we're trying to like establish who Boba Fett is and what happened at this point, but I I was a little bit
4: thrown off by by this episode. I was not as into it. This episode answers some classic Star Wars questions. I think everyone (laughs) always (laughs) wanted wanted to know how did Boba Fett get out of there? Did he just turn his jetpack on immediately and get out? Was he stuck for like a thousand years and aged weirdly? But Kylo how would you sum it up he just kind of hacks hacks his way out
5: yeah yeah Billy they was hacking on him <laughs> <laughs> so the book of Boba Fett right so he's he's in the Sarlacc pit that's where Boba Fett left off in Return of the Jedi fell in the Sarlacc pit kind of just Mr. Maguda's ass in there like he's not really a <laughs> a big death in Star Wars he just kind of like gets knocked in goofily One of those force
4: kicks by Luke, where it's like...
5: Yeah, Luke misses a kick, and that was written in canon as a force kick. It's a force kick. That's Star Wars for you right there. Mm -hmm. So, Boba Fett has escaped the Sarlacc pit in the show. We finally get to see it. Now, Josh is right. That's something that's been talked about among Star Wars fans for so long. Like, he escapes the Sarlacc pit, and how? And there's, like, different versions of that in Legends. Like, he... He, uh, jetpacks out in a very, like, grandiose way in, uh, one of the comics, if I remember correctly, but... I don't think there's any real way to make that cool. Like, he just... he gets out. I mean, he, like, kinda crawls his way through it, he finds some oxygen, he uses his flamethrower to attack the Sarlacc that's eating him, and he just crawls his way out. I mean, I don't think it's, like, that cool but it's good that they don't play it as cool. Like he barely survives this and he's like weakened and he's fucked up for a while because of it. I think that's the better angle.
1: Would you guys have liked it better had they like not shown him inside at all? No, not me. You have to, right Corey? Cause
5: it's Star Wars. You have to fill in that gap. Do you have About to though? I think so, right? I think they're saying, you know, Boba Fett. This is where he left off. This is where he is. How did he get here? Here's the exact through line, right? So we know everything that happens after Return of the Jedi, essentially, in terms of Boba Fett's life. If I was gonna start an opening shot of a, of a show,
1: I would, I mean, deserts a Tatooine, I would show his hand coming through, like really dramatically, through the sand, and never even show him, like, you know, like fighting his way out. Just like leave that super shredder.
6: Yeah,
1: much like that. I mean, that to me is a much better opening shot and just leaving it to imagination and almost have him kind of like hint at maybe what happened, but never really show or tell.
5: If it was a movie, it probably would have been that for time's sake. But this is a series, you know, you get to spend a lot of time with characters and with actions in a series. Like there's, you know, seven episodes, some of which are close to an hour. I think, you know, they're going to, they're going to spread their wings a little bit here.
4: I would have liked to see maybe a Cohen Brothers. I
5: mean I know that's like
4: ridiculous, but that kind of take like Buster Scruggs like each of the episode is a different uh like the cantina people or yeah. the tuscans and Boba's kind of like a legend that passes through. In varying
5: degrees, maybe. They already have a Buster Scruggs episode.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I thought you were going to say you wanted to be like John Goodman coming out of like the mud in Raising <laughs> Arizona,
4: like, <"Uah!"> <laughs> <laughs> would have been great. Would have been great. Ep- episodically, That's could have worked, but I, I enjoyed this too, Pap. I'm not going to crap all over this.
3: That's the thing about Star Wars, though, right? Corey, it, like, I've kind of gotten to the point where it's like, There's going to be pieces of Star Wars media that push the boundaries. There's going to be a lot of Star Wars media that, like, colors in the lines and, like, adds that detail. You know what I mean? And this feels like the whole Book of Boba Fett. I mean, this whole, like, sort of section of Star Wars is filling in what happens between the trilogies, right? So, 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 at some extent, you're, like, obligated to tell what happens to the characters.
5: Right. I mean, it's Dave Filoni playing with toys, a lot of it, right? This guy is known for filling in the gaps uh, with Star Wars movies, and he does that with mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. And, you know, he's, I mean, it's not just Dave Filoni. The showrunners, Robert Rodriguez in this case, and Jon Favreau is a producer, and they work collaboratively, but uh, that's what this guy specializes in, and he's a major player in this show and The Mandalorian.
3: Once I wrap my mind around the editing... Stevie, I was like pretty okay with how it's like there's some future stuff. We're going to see how Boba Fett gets here
4: and cutting back and forth. I was very confused when Happy's boys there. at Red Letter Media tore apart the scene with the dudes with the red shields. Yeah.
7: <laughs> mm. Uh someone posted a clip of that new Boba Fett show on the on the internet on Twitter. Oh. And it was it was embarrassing. <laughs> and it was uh uh, that actor, Tim, Tamu Morrison, the Boba Fett guy, yeah, yeah, who played Django Fett. yeah, but now he's oh, playing. Yeah. now he's playing Boba Fett, and and I argued that uh, it should have been young the Boba Fett, Logan something, Lo- Logan, yeah, right? uh, he should be Boba Fett, but they have Tamur Morrison as because he's the clone, so he looks like Boba but he's like, uh, he's old and fat. He's yeah, he's like, Boba Fett was a skinny ass guy in in Empire Strikes, and, and Boba Fett in this is he's like. Like 300 pounds and he doesn't look (laughs) anything like Boba Fett and and there's this action scene They posted these guys have these like laser shields and they're like like attacking them and and he's like And it's like really slow and awkward and and they're like this looks like crap Oh, there'll be
5: a whole mr. Plinkett about how this show is the worst thing that Star Wars has ever done
7: (laughs) I mean
1: this episode is rough.
5: I'm surprised those
1: guys like anything I mean, the only reason I even brought up, like, Power Rangers was, you know, when, um, what's his assassin, um, what's his assassin's name? Fennec Shand. Oh. Yeah. When Fennec is, like, chasing the, the red suits on the rooftops, it's really rough. Oof, it looks very cheap. Very live-action Disney movie-ish. Um, on.
2: That's their best stuff. Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> the live action.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it just looks strange. It looks very choreographed. Um, I don't know. I, and the camera editing wasn't great either. It just... Uh, it That scene in particular, that sequence in particular, really didn't work for me.
5: That's not the best moment of episode one. Definitely not a highlight like the future Boba stuff. But in my mm-hmm. mind... Episode one and episode two are a connected, like, episode. Like, those two going together work really well. Uh, Episode one by itself, uh, not as much, right? I think those two, it's kind of like uh, sometimes a series will release, like, their first two episodes instead of just one at the beginning. I think Boba Mm -hmm. Fett should have done that.
1: Did they just release episode one, like, by itself?
5: Yes. That is strange. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people were mad about it, too. Like, it was getting a lot of hate in the fan community immediately. (laughs)
3: Episode two is one of my favorite Star Wars things I've ever, ever seen. I really, really loved it. So
5: You're not the only person I've heard say that, Pappy. Someone else that I know at work pretty much said that exact thing, and he, like you, is not a huge Star Wars guy. So I think that's a pretty impressive thing to say. Is
1: that the Great Train takedown? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you like about that episode in particular, Pat? Well, I
3: want to quick pivot off that question. Question to Corey. As a Star Wars guy, are you tired of Tatooine at this (laughs) point? Because this is, to me, the thing about episode two is this is like the best a filling in type piece of media can do. You know what I mean? This is like the Similarian or whatever it's called for like Lord of the Rings. Like, I love learning about the Tuscan culture this is as good as it can be but at some level i'm like i'm so fucking
5: tired of this sand planet and how every story evolves around the sand planet you asked me that question when we did the mandalorian podcast like
3: yeah and it's a year later and we're still asking that same question
5: (laughs) and at the time i think i said pappy like i'll never get tired of Tatooine. that's pure star wars to me that being said i am tired of Tatooine. yes (laughs) (laughs) Yes (laughs) I think it's time to move on Not that like I hate every time I see Tatooine Or if if it happens to come up again Briefly I'll be mad But like yeah let's do something somewhere else For a little while please Tatooine is like Austin, Texas right now
2: Man it's just popping off Just topping Everybody lives there Everybody's packing The rent's gotta be outrageous Rogan's in there doing his podcast (laughs) Yeah all the Californians all the Kashyyks are moving to Tatooine.
1: <laughs> they're called Wookiees. God, Rogan on Tatooine would be a nightmare. His podcast would be a nightmare. The she, t- You know, the Ep- Pikes really aren't that bad. You know, they're just trying to do some good. I don't understand what the big deal hey.
3: is. Hey,
5: Boba Fett fucking hates pikies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the thing about episode two, Stevie, is that any, like the main character, the protagonist, it is Boba Fett, but it could be any Star Wars character. Throughout this whole story, you know what I mean. Like, obviously it's Boba Fett because he got through the Sarlacc pit, but this is like, it feels like we're going in depth on the culture. It's kind of a standalone story, a la the Mandalorian. Like, I fucking love this, and it felt very entrenched in old west, like imagery, which is like a big part of Star Wars.
1: Yeah, um, that's kind of one thing I loved about Mando and kind of Boba Fett as a whole. Is I felt like John Favreau was trying to make, which Star Wars already is, but like a legit western in space. And, I mean, this show highlighted it a few times of how cool it really can be. I mean, I think one of the big highlights of Boba, you know, with the Tuscan Raiders was when they were eventually, like, dancing on the fire with their, uh, what should we call it, with their weapons, honestly. I thought that part was great.
4: I can't believe you guys liked the synchronized dancing. I thought you guys would shit all Dude, over no. that.
1: Dude, no. Loved it. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Like, I, it. it It gave me serious New Zealand All Blacks vibes. Like I loved it.
5: There's a meme going around of uh, they put thriller music to that, and it <laughs> works surprisingly well. Uh, I like this stuff too. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not breaking any new ground here by saying it's it's banthas with wolves, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is Dude this the episode the- where you had the uh, Joe Rogan
3: meme that you edited, Corey, with him, like, the trip? Yes, thank you for helping me find the word <laughs>
4: lizard, by the way. <laughs> I have a lot of free time.
2: Don't
6: worry. <laughs> yeah, I meant to this ask also you about had that.
4: The, this also had the meme, I think, where he's teaching the Tuscan Raiders how to ride the speeder bikes, and he's, like, dancing
5: and humping the speeder bike kind of Corey, isn't he? <laughs> like a bantha. <laughs> yeah that's a meme like a bantha and he's like <laughs> right in this feeder bike like <laughs> I, I looped that and i made a video where he's doing it to music you guys like one thing z- oh sorry go
1: no no go ahead josh go ahead when
4: the when the train passes so like there's this train passing by and it's the antagonist of this episode too and it shoots back at the Tusken Raiders who always, like, pop off shots at whoever comes to their territory. But they always seem to kill a Bantha <laughs> whenever they drive by. There's always just a big Bantha that's like, oh, oh, <laughs> slumps off. <laughs> one of the best parts of the episodes.
3: <laughs> Dude, one of the things I love about Boba is how much he loves animals. I love how much Boba Fat like, connects with the... Uh, banthas and what's it called a Regnor? rancor rancor <laughs> ragnor yeah, it's he called ragnor. a rancor <laughs> it's it's sweet <laughs> i don't know like this is like a whole new dimension to boba
5: fett you know like that he's kind of a caring sweet person that adds a lot it's funny you say that story. pappy because this all goes back to boba fett's first appearance Which, as you guys probably remember, because I think you did a podcast on it, was... The Holiday Special. The Holiday Special. Oh,
1: what great animation that
5: was. (laughs) It's awful. He looked cool. For Boba Fett is riding like a huge dinosaur, right? And some of that is connected to this. It's an obvious throwback, I think, but, you know, where Boba Fett's the guy that rides a giant beast, because that's something he likes.
1: Aren't Mando... Isn't, like, the Mando symbol, like, a giant beast...
5: Oh, the Mudhorn? It's like a or- Oh um, yes, you're referring to. I thought you meant the one that.
1: No, it's like on Mandalore. It. Um, like the actual.
5: The Mandalorian logo? Yes, I believe yeah. it is.
1: Okay, that's what I thought.
5: I'm trying to become a
1: bigger fan, Corey. I'm trying. No, I'm impressed. Um, but I need to ask you guys because, as I said, I am like the most fringe Star Wars fan there is. Um, are the Tusken Raiders? kind of representative of, like, Native Americans in this country, or am I reading that completely wrong?
5: I mean, it has to it, be, right? <laughs> so I don't then, I mean, that's the only vibes I ever got. I just had to know.
4: I think they're just indigenous people, period. Right. For us, that would be Native
5: Americans. Maori. In another country, it would be indigenous, whoever it is. But, uh, you know, this takes some of what they did with The Mandalorian and ran with it, wherein... You know, they're not just kind of, like, evil guys that exist in the desert that will just kill you for no reason. Like, what wh- right. What are they doing and why, right? Like, they have their right. own culture. They're actually the natives. And this is set up from prior Star Wars lore that existed from the video games. Uh, I talked about that on the Mandalorian podcast, but in Knights of the Old Republic, I think that's really where that was, like, played out in a... Not the first time, but it was definitely, like, how everyone... That's kind of in the Star Wars community started to understand what the Tusken Raiders were about. What's their physiology? Like,
4: how can they <laughs> never take off the helmet and like drink and eat? Are they part?
2: They were helmet? born with that helmet. Yeah,
5: they're <laughs> not they... part helmet. It's a so they they have a very long lore dialogue that you can uh, choose to read in the Knights of the Republic game, but it's. <laughs> It's essentially a religious thing, right, and one of the reasons there's so much conflict with them and everyone else is that no one can speak their language, like not even droids. so uh, the communication issue is a huge factor now they take care of that in the shows by doing sign language, which I think is cool, uh, but it's a it's a religious garb, so it's it's there all the time, I guess, unless like no one's looking maybe in the vein of mando yeah.
2: Nah, they were born with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Josh, with the great train scene, um, did you like the action of this and kind of how like, it unfolded? I thought the camera work was great. I do not know what you thought about it.
4: Mm-hmm. It makes it seem like Tuscans have people set up all over the desert because they're like there when it first passes by and they fight for a couple minutes, the speeding bullet train, and then when it crashes... Some of them, like, pop out of the nearby bushes, like, yay, <laughs> run out. Um, basically, a lot of Tuscans die, except for, like, one or two. And they make their way to, like, the head train. And there's a pretty cool droid moment. There's a cool droid driving this train, and it kind of self-destructs, pops itself out to the desert. And um, Boba Fett crashes the thing and they like take the bounty. What was the bounty? I kind of forget. What was on the train? That water. Was, like, water. And mm-hmm. was there a box of spice too that he just kind of like. Ooh, spice.
3: Yeah. Very Dune vibe. Spice is a big thing. In How does spice
1: podcast. work in this world? I was confused by that too. Is it just like Dune spice?
3: This feels like more like a drug because Dune spice is like essential to their. Right. Isn't Dune spice a drug? Well, Dune Spice, I think, like, more, like, helps them calculate, like, high math and stuff. It's more like a fuel. Oh, nice. Spice in Star Wars feels more like a crack cocaine type thing.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's powder cocaine, um, but that's Limitless pretty accurate, indeed. I'd say. Spice is like a drug, right? So it's it's not like in Dune where it's used to, like, travel to, for their light speed or their hyperspeed, whatever they call it in Dune. Um, but it's... It's it's just a it's a drug and it's being run by these like this drug cartel essentially, which is the Pike Syndicate. And that's the thing
3: about this, like when you have a movie or a show on Tatooine, the dune imagery is so one for one <laughs> with uh Star Wars, right? Like the whole like sand dunes and like big worms and everything, and now they're running spice is like uh I just saw this Denny Villeneuve movie four <laughs> months ago, which is the exact same
5: thing. Big worm from Fridays there. No Friday fans, all right. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Future spoilers, pick maybe.
1: Corey, in the prequels, we always kind of make fun of them for kind of being like too much politics and a lot about taxes and you know talking about trade routes and stuff like that for kids. Yeah, I mean the great stuff for kids. I kind of felt this sh- felt the show doing that a little bit with like the political nature of like the mayor and families and this crime family and this syndicate owns them. Like, did that bother you at all, or do you think it was done in an okay way?
5: I thought it was fine. It's just like not the most interesting part of this show. Yeah. Uh, right. So it- it's mm. okay to have that as a backdrop and stuff, and you know it comes into play and it, it somewhat drives the story, at least the current uh, events of the story. You got the past events and the current events. Um, it's just not as interesting really, you know? I wanna see what's going on with this uh, black chrysanthem guy. I wanna see uh, what these, uh, uh, the two, I wanna call them the two Jabba's, the two Huts. I wanna see what they're doing, you know? There's, there's stuff I want to see when I watch this show. And some of it pays off and some of it does not.
1: <laughs> I love the twins. I don't know about you guys, but I thought the twins were hilarious. Fuck yes. I don't know why, but like the image of the sister, like with her giant gelatinous hand, like using a fan on herself while being carried just made me laugh so hard.
5: And I think the other, the brother is like wiping his brow, like in the heat with like <laughs> a little like furry animal. Like, a live animal. Like, it's not dead. He's just, like, wiping his brow with it.
4: (laughs) I love the details of, like, the huge drinks that they're drinking, too. That's, like, they're pimped out on... There's that whole subplot about, like, what is that thing that they're propped up on? Uh, Like, a little parade thing? They keep referring to, like, Boba Fett refuses to be on, like, a little para Mm paraded around the city. But here come, like, Jack and Jill twin fets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all pimped out they like they
5: have spinners on the wheels man yeah it's the two adam sandler huts yeah i mean th- there's some cool shit here in episode two that they're setting up right because like boba fett as the new daimyo as you know taking Jabba's place as that level of crime lord like he he has like opposition immediately and i think it gets intense and it gets tense in general, when we see those two huts show up and challenge him, and they got this fucking Wookiee that looks like a fucking werewolf, like he looks awesome. He's fucking like horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like this Chewbacca is like you know <laughs> a, a, a a mile apart from this guy. Like this guy just looks like an evil Wookiee, like straight up.
1: It looks like Drago in a Wookie suit. I mean, he's massive.
2: A Does Russian seem- Wookiee.
3: <laughs> that scene later where he's in the casino he just freaks out because he's two I don't even know what species they are are like winning gambling he's like freaks out and like beats him up it's very intense <laughs>
5: Yeah, those are Trandoshans, and Wookies do not like Trandoshans. Oh, they don't? No, they don't. So they, that was like that little touch to acknowledge that in lore.
1: Okay, see, I just thought he was pissed drunk. And that was for the fans, somebody. Stevie.
5: That's what I thought, too. Why don't they like him? I mean, like that's him? part of it. But that, if he's going to fight anyone, it's going to be those shitheads. Why? Why don't they like each other? I don't know. It's just like a thing, you know? It's like these species are always fucking, you know, killing each other. What's going on in, like, the FET
3: home planet, Corey? Because, like, the twins are very happy to just retire back there and chill out for a little bit. Is that just, like, a hedonistic luxury zone for these giant slug things? Hutta? The planet where the huts are from? I want to see Hutta i don't know what it's called but it sounds amazing
5: yeah the only thing i know about HUDA is from uh, one of the games and they're it's basically run by huts but like a lot of the there's like a a lower class like that uh, just works for the huts and they're just like different species of aliens and humans and they're all just like they're mostly the ones that populate the planet doing the huts bidding like from what I remember, there's not like, oh, just a bunch of huts. Like, they're not like a hut working at McDonald's or anything. Like, the huts are all on their thrones. <laughs> awesome.
2: <laughs> just slugs everywhere. I don't want that guy touching my fucking face. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here.
1: All right. Do you guys want me to bring up Mando
4: or not? We definitely should talk about Mando. Pappy. We were supposed to talk about something at the top and we forgot. Uh, yeah, the
3: Patreon. If you listen this much, here's 35 minutes of content. Uh, we're going to split out episode 5 right for a Patreon inclusive. So Mikey only watched episode 5. He's a Mando enthusiast, so check out the Patreon.
5: <laughs> Very honest. Is that organic enough for you? <laughs> But, Pap, I might as well ask you, like... It's Stevie. What's up? Before we go into that, should we talk more about episode three and four? (laughs) I mean, we can. I don't remember anything about those episodes. I don't remember anything either. Okay. It feels like a blur. I want to bring something up on episode three. This is the talk of the internet, or at least it was at the time of, uh, of this episode drop, and actually even continuing after it. Episode three is where we get to meet the mods, Now people have opinions about the mods people hate the mods apparently are those the guys on the bikes
3: the 50's style looking Fonzie kids like that Sugar Ray music video
5: (laughs) (sighs) it's the Fonzie kids it's the cyborgs right so the cyborgs are called the The mods now Stevie the the hilarious joke that everyone was making and you kind of referenced this but in a different way Is that they're like the Power Rangers. People reference them to the Power Rangers? I've seen no less than 10 memes comparing the mods to the Power Rangers because they all have different colored bikes. Because remember in Power Rangers Turbo? They all had different colored bikes? Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, do people on the internet, I mean, I haven't looked on anything, they really do hate the
5: mods? Yes.
3: I think they're one of the worst parts of this whole series they don't fit in at all why you just don't like their fashion do people like that dress like that on Tatooine? it seems very strange this they, they don't fit
5: so here's the thing here's my position on the mods get this out of the way here it's true that they don't look like a fucking bum like everyone else on Tatooine. <laughs> But not everyone has to look like a bum, you know, like, sometimes you might go somewhere, and a group of people might be dressed differently than other people in that area. I've seen it, I assure you. And in the context of Star Wars, the mods really do fit the universe perfectly. Maybe not the planet, but they can travel to this planet from somewhere else, and by all accounts, they probably have. Right? So But
3: why? Tatooine's like an outer edge.
5: Planet. Are these
1: just
4: like trust fund kids going to Tijuana to get their rocks off? Like what? <laughs>
1: no, an they're an outer specific- rim
3: planet.
4: They're all hometown kids, they say so. I grew up here. We gotta protect the sanctuary. Look, <laughs> I, I grew up one block over. We'll be trapped if we go to that neighborhood. Maybe
5: they were all from Are like a from commune South- from a, a central planet and they moved when they were younger. Oh, socials and greasers. Very much greasers. I mean, I think they're supposed to be, like, mods, right? <laughs> I mean, they all have British accents, for Christ's sake.
2: Peaky Blinders. Interesting.
5: What the mods reminded me of
1: was if I was watching another movie that, like, referenced, like, like a Back to the Future movie, and, you know, our main characters were watching got transported to, like... You know, let's say a Star Wars movie or a futuristic space movie. Like, that's what kind of like the mods reminded me of. They didn't fit in at all with the show. Like, they just seemed so out of place. And I think the main girl, she's in Yellow Jackets, right, Corey? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think she has a bright future ahead of her, but... She's so cool. Yeah, she has an (laughs) extremely bright future ahead of her. I just, um... I hope the show, or any future Star Wars shows, don't continue with the mods. It just seemed so out of place.
3: There's gotta be a mod show. 1000 Why? There's no
4: way there's not. There's a little bit of OK Boomer creeping into you guys. I don't yeah. like how these guys look. Get off my tattoo and lawn. This I don't care desert. that they're,
1: they're dressed like an 80's Michael Jackson music video. You
5: kids and your damn cybernetics, back in my I mean, day.
1: I don't care about that either. At least like look like they fit in with the show. Like even if say their clothes are the same, fine. The bikes just look so out of place.
3: The evil Wookiee fits so much better than the mods. The mods have like way too many people going on. Like, can you describe any two characters on the mods, Josh? Like, what how their personalities are different at all? Girl
1: mod and I mod. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so well, if how it, are their values or personalities different? They're indistinguishable.
5: So the complaint is that they're not fleshed out. <laughs> But yet Pappy yes. loves the tattooing
4: or er, the Tuscan Raiders. And you can't even I guess Name one. one. Because
3: we've we've been Name watching the Tusken Tusken Raider. for, Name a character for forty years. We've whistled for tune. forty years.
1: <laughs> we know there's leader Tuscan Raider. We know there's child Tuscan Raider. Right.
3: And that's all communicated visually through like their paint. The mod just yeah. ridiculous. We know
1: who
4: the leader is, Josh. We know what he's about. They have paint. And the
5: mods have different colored Power Ranger bikes. <laughs> cool, <laughs> but uh, I mean, my my whole point with the mods, and I know you guys kind of already argued this, but is that they're very like prequel era, like Star Wars. Like, um, I, I mean, obviously they're not Tatooine, but maybe like like a Nar Shada, a Coruscant. Yeah, I could totally see them in the background of a, of a prequel movie. I see what you mean by the fact that they're here is disorienting, but I just think, like, you know, people that have nice things could also be in a shitty area, right? It could happen, so it's Wouldn't not... Wouldn't they
1: get robbed?
5: I think, like, they're, they're the ones that do the robbing kind of thing, you know?
1: Yeah, they are street toughs. Which is, that's how we kind of get introduced to him anyway, is, um, uh, they're stealing water from, um...
3: Steven Root, the blind DJ from Oh Brother Arthur.
1: Yes, or, um, Bill from King of the Hill.
4: True. The crime wasn't that they were stealing it. The crime was that he was charging, like, 60 credits for, uh, two ounces or something like that, right, Corey? Yeah.
1: And, Corey, how much is a credit compared to USD? <laughs>
5: Well, uh, you gotta account for inflation This was (laughs) 8,000 years ago Um, (laughs) I have no idea, man
1: (laughs) I just had to ask But um, before we get into the guy with shiny armor um, Anybody have anything else to bring up from like episode 4? Because it's kind of a blur to me Between like episodes 1 and 2 And then we go to the shiny guy
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean Episode 4 is a lot of it's like the Fennec backstory, right? I don't particularly love that one. And what, what bugs me the most, really, and this is only spoken to in this episode, this is the only area where it's addressed, is, okay, going back, Boba Fett kills Bib Fortuna, who was Jabba's successor. We saw that at the very end of Mandalorian. Super ugly. Not a handsome man, right? No. Boba Fett goes and kills him and he takes over. Only in episode four does he say why. Now, let me ask you guys, do any of you remember why? Why is Boba Fett doing this? Why does he want to be Daimyo? I know why.
4: Why? Bid like sold him out, right? Let's hear it, Josh. He's just like tired of being all the brain and never the muscle. He thinks he's smarter than the people that have been ordering him around. I think that's basically it.
5: That's it. And he kills Bib Fortuna because he says, he says something like, that bloated pig double crossed me. And that's not mentioned again. And I was really looking for, not looking forward to, but I wanted to understand why Boba Fett showed up at this guy's doorstep, killed him and said, I'm in charge now, bitch. Like. What did Bib Fortuna do to double-cross him, right? They don't tell us, and we don't see it. I can't infer anything, and I've been racking my brain, my brain trying to figure out, like, how he was double-crossed. That part doesn't make sense. And maybe going back to the opening question, that might be my biggest problem with this series.
1: Okay, so go to Return of the Jedi. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Um, Didn't uh, Boba, like... Eventually, like, get a hold of um, Han Solo.
5: He wrapped his uh, his like wire wrist launcher thing around Luke, and he like had him detained for a short moment in time. But he didn't really like. Oh, I see. You're asking about the movie before Empire Strikes Back. Yes, he captures yes. Han Solo.
4: Fr- and frozen carbonite. Yeah.
5: Yes.
1: Okay. I, I keep. I'm trying to remember this. Didn't bid like pretty much tell um, Jabba that like um, Boba failed because he was late with bringing back Han Solo. Not in the text of the movie. But isn't that I thought that was I thought
5: that was canon. If it is, that's the first time hearing about it, and I like that angle. Okay, maybe I'm wrong.
1: I thought that was canon. Was Bib was pretty much in Jabba's ear about how Boba failed in bringing back Han Solo, and he was late.
4: That's the only thing that would make sense to Corey because this show fills in all the gaps from Boba climbing out of the Scarlet pit to that moment, and yeah, Bib Fortuna seems pretty clean on him. He's just been dealing with like raiders and these
5: bikers. It doesn't have anything to do with Bib, does it? I mean, no, not as far as I know. Like, he's he's been completely detached from Boba's life post-Sarlacc. Hmm. Maybe he was just,
4: like, maybe that's some of the trauma he has. Is like, he just murdered a dude and has been making this excuse up in his mind ever since. <laughs> <laughs> he, du- he double-crossed <laughs> me, man. <clears throat> Time did- for redemption.
5: <laughs> There's, like, no man, one Boba's- left alive that would know the truth, so he could just be like, oh, I can't talk about it. It was a... Uh, too traumatic
1: and before we uh, talk about the shiny guy I have a question for Josh and Corey answer this any way you guys want I feel like Star Wars has had an issue with this forever why do they always kill off the coolest villains like right when we meet them why who are you talking about um, blue guy. <laughs> no, blue guy, <laughs> um, Cad Bane or whatever his name is. You jump into the last
4: episode here?
1: Well, I'm just saying I have to get, I have to talk about it because otherwise I'll forget. Cad like, Bane has had it?
4: a long history, he's, he's all the way back. Hey, I will say, Pap, if you want some non Tatooine stories, go watch the Clone Wars. It's like a different planet every episode, but Cad Bane. Started to become a character, I think, in season two of that Corey, and I think he gets more prevalent if I'm, if I remember correctly.
5: Yeah, it's uh, the last episode of season one is the oh, introduction to Cad Bane. Um, I remember because we did that podcast on season one, also on the Patreon. Only Patreon. Yes, but uh, Cad Bane is cool, uh, Stevie. I agree with you. Like it's I really cool I like that archetype in Star Wars and I talked about this on the Clone Wars podcast series we did but uh, there's certain types of people in Star Wars that like Fennec, like Boba, like Cad Bane that like are badass enough to be able to take on force users, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like not that many of those types of people. So when someone doesn't have the magic but they're just a straight badass like to me they're extra special and Cad Bane is like he, you know, you can tell he's kind of, like, evil. He's working for the enemies in this show anyway. But, like, he's not completely evil in my opinion. He's just a guy that'll do a job. And he'll do a dirty job if he has to. And, you know, he'll kill a motherfucker if he has to. But he's just, you know, it's honest work. <laughs> what is that line he always says? Like, I didn't,
4: like, he was a killer. He was a cold-blood killer or something. Like, I
0: didn't realize the Pike Syndicate was so ruthless. Pragmatic.
4: They were he's got some angle and I don't know if this tosses back to the Clone Wars I'm guessing it does but is there some sort of he does have some moral gray area it's visible I think
5: Cad has some moral gray area
4: yeah. <laughs> aren't there like three times where he's like specifically says like oh I don't know if I should be with the Pike Syndicate I didn't know you were such a brutal killer like cold blooded killer hmm is no well, one catching think- that
5: I, I, I kind of did, I think one of the things that Cad Bane throws out there is that Boba Fett was a dude that used to work directly for the Empire, directly for Darth Vader, doing whatever the fuck they wanted, so like, you know, I'm just another guy doing a job too, he's not this altruistic hero, none of us are, we're just mercenaries getting work.
1: Yeah, I like that, I was. I mean I've always been pissed when Darth Maul got killed in episode One. You know, I have not watched any of the Clone Wars, so it's like, oh, cool. We get a great, you know, a new, really cool villain. I have some depth. He looks awesome on screen, and he dies.
5: And it just, it blows my mind. But Pap, I'll kick the... By the way, in canon, he's like in his 70s, so he's not a young man anymore.
1: No, but he's still cool as hell, and he's spry. He's a spry 70-something-year-old.
3: Did any of you guys play Destroy All Humans, the video game? no he looks just like the alien from that i can't get over it like he (laughs) has like it's the exact same like character design a hundred percent google it
1: pap i'll kick this to you why do you hate the luke episode
3: i have a really hard time getting over the uncanny valley of luke and i've never been super impressed as with luke as a character now I love Baby Yoda. Every second we get to see that little fucker on screen, I love him so much. But squishy I'm, little
1: bastard. I'm really
3: annoyed with the Jedi. Like, I really hate the Jedi, especially after this episode. Like, it seems to undermine a lot of the, the themes of the series when the Jedi are so restrictive on who you can have like relationships with. Not like sexual relationships, like the prequels. It's like You can't even have a father-son relationship with a Jedi. I don't know why Luke would be so staunch in that mythology, right? Luke never experienced that. Luke had very close friendships with his twin sister and his best friend Han Solo and his father figure Obi-Wan. Like, I really got frustrated with how they're all, like, you know, blocking Grogu from seeing his best friend, Mando.
1: And maybe, like, I'm missing something, but when did Luke become a Jedi zealot?
3: When we have learned that, like, ideology. He was never exposed to it. And he had a close
4: relationship with his friends. He has access to the sacred texts. Hello.
3: sacred
5: Jedi texts.
4: I think <laughs> what's interesting to me here, too, is that this is basically <laughs> the same ultimatum Yoda gives him. And, uh, Empire? Yeah. And Luke does the same thing Grogu does. He goes off to help his friends. So does that mean... this Is is this almost Grogu passing the test
5: in some sort of way? I, I don't know. I've heard it, that it, theory, Josh. That That's what Luke actually wanted. Um, I've been talking a lot, so I don't know if I should give my opinion no, on this right now. No, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, please. I'm sorry, Pappy. (laughs) No, no, we love it. Okay. I think people are really reading into this decision that Luke lays on Grogu too much, too heavily, right? So obviously Luke tells Grogu, if you want to stay with me, you choose this. And he presents Yoda's lightsaber, which is a beautiful touch if you're a fan and you like to see throwbacks as I do. Probably cringeworthy for Pappy, but I liked it. (laughs) And then he has the Beskar shirt that uh, Din Djarin made for him, and he says, you can choose this, and then you can go back to the Mandalorian, so you have to choose one or the other. You're gonna stay with me and take the lightsaber, you're gonna choose that Mandalorian life. And I think what this choice boils down to basically is, he's saying, look, if you want to come train with me and be a monk, you can do that. but..." I need you to not have your head in the clouds. I need you to be serious about this and commit to it. If you want to be with your family, that's fine. Go be with them. But if you're going to be with me, it needs 100% commitment. So I think that's all it really boils down to. I don't think it's like so much about like the meaning of the word attachment and how that plays into being a Jedi. Maybe there's some of that, but I just think it's like, do you want to take this seriously or not? Like you can, but you don't have to you know if you want to be with your family you can gotta combine these
2: different fighting styles mixed martial arts (laughs) a well-rounded fighter he could be the best of the best
4: i really like what Corey's saying but i do also like the idea that it's a pass of the test to turn down the power it's basically what he's tempting him with on the jedi side is that you will be a great, powerful junk. Er, what? Junk. (laughs) You'll be a great, powerful Jedi. Like, and I can train you to do all these tricks. You can have as many frogs as you want out of the pond easily. Or you can, like, live with your heart on your sleeve and go be with your family. And like I said, that's what Luke had done previously. So maybe he knows something about you can't just force someone out of that. You have to let that play its course and then maybe open that conversation for training or something.
3: But that's fine if you want to add that to the Luke lore. Ahsoka Tana's just being a huge bitch. Like, these are the two best friends in the universe. Why is she not letting them hang out together? Like, she's horrible in this
1: whole series.
3: That, that rubbed me almost worse than Luke did.
1: I don't know about you guys, but Part of me, like the way it was formatted, I think this episode was a huge swing and a miss. I wanted this episode to be a custody battle, like Kramer versus Kramer. (laughs) Okay. I wanted an hour-long custody drama of Mando and Luke fighting over, you know, that squishy little bastard Grogu. I think that would have been a really, I think that would have been a great episode. And maybe we could have gotten into more Jedi lore and maybe we could have seen Luke fail as a teacher beyond his nephew, you know, almost getting murdered by him. Like, I think that would have been an interesting
5: touch. You know, Stevie, we might see that someday. And I think that would be great. Like, actually an adversarial position of our guy that we've known to, you know, we've come to grow in love, the Mandalorian, versus our old favorite, Luke, you know, the original hero. Yes. That would make for a good Mandalorian season four or something you know and maybe we will get that but we know
3: luke's not a good trainer of jedi he tried to murder his nephew for no reason
2: no reason all good teachers come to that crossroads at some point (laughs) (laughs) he just tried to kill him for no reason no
3: tangible reason no concrete reason it's his nephew
4: hey i will also say chapter four has the highest imdb rating for series. It's at a 9.4. What? Yeah. Chapter 4, the Fennec episode? No, chapter 6. That's oh. the training episode.
2: <laughs> Josh clearly said chapter 4.
4: Yeah, chapter 4. We No, I cha- love that episode. Chapter 6 is the highest rated, and that's the one where Stevie said it just fell flat on its face. So that's why I'm pointing that out. To 9.4. I'm not saying
1: it fell flat. I'm just saying like if I format-wise, it felt very flat to me and I just think putting drama in between you know two characters that you know all Star Wars fans love and putting Grogu in the middle of it which all Star Wars fans love would have been great tension that's all I'm saying and it would have made like Grogu choosing Mando like an even better payoff
3: why is Ahsoka Tata there Corey
1: Exposition.
3: Why uh, is she there?
5: I, I think I have to agree with Stevie that it's it's for the expositional purpose of serving oh, so lazy. of serving <laughs> Luke's so character. Lazy. You, and you know what? I can't argue with you about that, Pappy. I really can't. But I think Luke needs to express to someone that is uh, an eligible candidate to hear it that he's not sure if he's doing the right thing. This is early on. This is his first student. We know that Luke fucks up later. But he's having serious doubts. He's like, I really kind of don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure if this is right. And she's just like, well, you know what? You'll figure it out. Trust your instincts. Peace out. I'm going to go start my own show. Um, But speaking to the popularity of this episode, this episode made fans jizz in their fucking pants. Like, people were so happy and excited about this episode. And I liked it too, a lot, because I thought it was doing something that it was not doing, by the way. I thought it was, um, what should I say? Um, completely severing the connection of Din and the Mandalorian and Grogu, right? I thought this was a clear Grogu stays with Luke scenario. And here's why we're not gonna see him again for a while, right? Cause obviously at the end of Mandalorian season two, he goes off with Luke. But I think there's this like doubt in fans' heads. Like, is he gonna come back? Are we gonna see him again? (laughs) And you know, that's set up and we'll talk about that later. But I thought this was like, no, like Mandalorian, Din Djarin is off doing his own thing now. We saw him with Luke. We know what they're doing. They're off doing it. And Din is on his own. That's what I liked about this episode at the time that it aired. That was my conclusion from it. Obviously I was very wrong about a lot of things. I thought the
1: same thing too, Corey. I thought this was like a final goodbye. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of like a final of just finality of, okay, I know you're safe. I know you're doing well. You know, remember this, you know, token, this Mithril from me and we'll kind of go from there. I thought that was going to be it. And like you said, I was
5: super wrong. (laughs) I mean, this is a really strong emotional beat that tells us that, right? When Grogu waves goodbye to his ship and he can sense him there mm-hmm. like he
1: like he can full-on sense mando there so it's an even more like emotional pull
3: i i know i've harped on this a lot <clears throat> in the mandalorian but is the uncanny valley cgi lu- luke not bothersome <laughs> i was CGI, gonna ask
2: like, uh, why hasn't sebastian stan been cast <laughs> yet just
1: recast he him. was doing fresh He was busy doing a movie I can't wait to see. he's
2: doing Pam and Tommy. Yeah, is he trying to get all of the X-rated content he can out before he signs the Disney contract?
5: (laughs) (laughs) You can't do them at the same time, yeah. No, I think Luke looks fucking amazing, nearly to perfection in this, Pappy. So I'd have to disagree with you. He doesn't look like he does at the end of Mandalorian, which is questionable, and I didn't talk about it a lot then because I didn't want to defend it because it wasn't great.
0: What should I do about it? Will I see you again?
1: Kylo's right. He's right.
3: No, no, he's not it looks right. Pre- it looks pretty good. It
1: looks pretty darn good, Pat. No, I'm they- usually hating on this stuff, and it looks really good.
3: Listen, there's like attention to detail, right? Like The individual fibers of Luke's hair are moving. So congratulations to Disney for pulling off that technology. <laughs> but there's something off with the chemistry. There's something off with the way Mark Hamill is delivering those lines. It does not feel real in the same way that the real humans are delivering the
5: lines Uh-oh. like all throughout this thing right okay so it's funny you say this pappy he wasn't delivering those lines it was a computer <gasps> yeah. there you that fucking
3: was- go like how do you guys not do you guys really not feel that like it doesn't feel like a human is doing this performance like at all he may look okay and maybe that's like this cutting edge of technology but this is like a horrible slippery slope we're gonna replace all actors with CGI robots.
4: This is terrible. Every documentary Pappy sees, the producers are the <laughs> subjects. Every piece of How media he watches, the dead folks come like, back replace
1: the CGI. You're making a joke of this. This is terrible. this is ho- this is a horrible precedent. And if like What, what Pappy's saying is is that actors may never die.
3: I just can't believe you guys are like signing off on this. Like I I, I trust your guys' opinion. As much as I trust well, anybody's movie there's opinion. There's a
2: fine line between, is it art? Because somebody is drawing that image of Luke. I mean, that's I'm art. Not, like, I'm not
3: saying it doesn't take skill, but what would you guys rather see as an end consumer of this piece of media? The CGI robotic Luke or like Sebastian Stan?
4: Sebastian Stan. But it makes me feel better that mark hamill is alive clearly signed off on this stuff if he was dead <laughs> he, and they were doing this i think it really would cast a different light on it onto it for me did he sign off he yes. to.
3: he gets money from it yep disney wrote him a check
5: i will say this pappy this is as far as i'll go in terms of the look of it i don't want to talk about like the morality of it because i that, I think don't.
3: that's a huge thing though. <laughs> I think this is like this is literally like the moment where technology is shifting. It's literally
5: happening before your eyes. I'm going to be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> 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 I I'll say this, they cleverly cut away from Luke's mouth a lot when he says the lines because the the audio doesn't always match the uh, mouth movement perfectly. And I I noticed it a little bit, and I noticed they tried to, like, you know, have the camera off of him when he was speaking because of that in a lot of cases.
3: I want to be clear. Like, even if you could, a 100% one-for-one AI match an actor, right, with, like, you wouldn't be able to tell. Brett? Yeah, one-to-one. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect representation Brett, of a human in a digital if environment. If you get it that close. I would still rather see a real human delivering those lines because there's something way more impressive and artistic and interesting about that than a CGI character that the producers can just make on a computer. It's, I, I don't know. I, maybe I am old man yells at the sun, but this seems really bad to me.
4: well it's one character at least at least it's not like every human
2: at this point right. yet
4: so <laughs> slippery slope argument though
2: i i just i mean i know what you're saying papa but that but that has like always been kind of sort of the end goal of some animation is to make it as photorealistic as possible and it's like they're doing it it's like, this is what they've always been pushing towards. It's like the same with video games and all of that stuff. It's like, they're always trying to make it as photorealistic as possible, and now they're doing it. So it's like, you got to give them some credit. This is what they wanted.
4: App loves Toy
5: Story. Who is, th- who is they, though? Disney. I think uh, CG artists. The government? The, yeah, CG,
2: CG artists. Like, yeah, like, just like any gra- uh, graphic design on computers or anything it's like that's always been like the end goal is to just make stuff convincing enough that you're gonna fall for it
4: and then comes the metaverse
1: I am kind of with Pap though he says that like it is a really slippery
4: slope because where does it stop but a slippery slope isn't a valid, valid argument really it's a fallacy, fallacy. I think that we're going to
3: really look at this point in media history and be like, because they were doing it with Marvel, right? When they like de-aged Kurt Russell, this is beyond de-aging. This is like creating a character out of whole cloth. And I hope there's still a space for like real actors to do real acting down the road. But there may not be. Felt like they inserted this just to get Luke in there too. Well, it feels nothing about the book of Boba Fat. Why are we even going You know there? what?
5: Let's let's save some of that because I think we have some stuff with that that ties into Episode Five. Does Peppy say Boba Fat?
4: Is that part of from living in <laughs> Minnesota for a yeah, while? Is he,
2: is he messing with us? <laughs>
4: That's Southern Boba Fat, all right. Boba Fat, Boba Fat.
1: Gaslighting Bu- us. <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fat has a Confederate flag on the back. Of his uh Bubba
5: family. Fat Bubba Fat Bat Boy Slim. Mandalora will rise again.
1: <laughs> I love that. But um Josh Do you think this was really ever about Bubba Fat this <laughs> series? <laughs> or was it just an excuse to get the shiny guy in there?
4: Oh man, Uh, that's kind of what we thought when Mando season two ended, was that it felt like such an end to Mando, full circle, series could have ended there. It's almost like they needed an extra year to get their shit together to write another season. To me, it was a pleasant surprise that they used this to further the plot at all with the shiny guy because if you think (laughs) about it, like the whole religion thing, he gets kicked out of his religion here in like one scene. And that is a huge plot point for episodes upon episodes of not taking off his helmet. Should he take off his helmet? He finally does take it off once. He gets kicked out full stop. We get the full backstory of the lore of the Dark Sword kind of in one fell swoop Oh, you're talking about episode five? no i would never
6: <laughs> cuz
4: i'm only going to talk about that episode on the patreon but that's how you do it organically <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well we said we we're going to talk about this more so we needed to hit hit it a couple times throughout the pod but i don't what was your initial question just to get the shiny guy in here no i mean- I, I don't i kind of think it was to buy time to think of what they can do with the shiny guy Again,
1: right, but like, why even call it this the book of Boba Fett? It's not really the book of Boba Fett, it's I have pages of Boba Fett, but really, it's in the collection of the shiny guy.
4: This is where I should have just told you my theory. Almost like there's so many episodes in Mandalorian, and a lot of the best episodes where Mando gets in trouble and Grogu comes out of nowhere and saves him with the Force, right? We've seen that trope, we love the trope, of course, Mm -hmm. I love that, but it does seem like. Boba Fett was an excuse to make the whole season be that trope (laughs) he stops the rancor at the end just like one of those episodes and it brings the whole season to a head so it's like they chose the trope they liked most and put it right there front and center for us
3: I do think what Jon Favreau is doing with building like an extended universe is probably the best since Marvel Cause there's been a lot of failed examples of people trying to do this exact thing. And I think that like the way these two series interact with each other. Yeah. We can call it annoying. We can call it like you have to watch everything like Marvel does, but I actually really, really loved the way that the lore built on each other in this.
5: Right. It's definitely a good thing that uh, the same people are doing, Uh, some of these shows to to make the initial fundamental connection that uh, other people can probably take and run with i agree with that pappy doesn't it make the sequel trilogy seem
3: like more of a shit show you know what i mean like oh uh, yeah how well these two like pieces of media (laughs) like 12 hours of content what maybe even more like 18 hours of content if you count both seasons of the mandalorian are synchronized like the, the, the sequel trilogy was just a fucking shit show. They had no idea what they were doing. And Jon Favreau's
2: in there cleaning
5: it up great. No, they they planned the whole sequel trilogy ahead of time. No, they did not. Hey, no, uh, how,
2: how many more <laughs> of those do we have to shit on? <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> well, all right, so here's the thing, Pappy. To acknowledge you, I'm saying that they have learned some lessons, right? Yeah, don't bring and- Ryan Johnson in to
4: direct any of these episodes. <laughs>
6: Why? There he is. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
6: there he is.
5: We're going old
4: school. <laughs>
5: um, I think they have learned some lessons, and that's a good thing, right? And that's promising for future Star Wars media. And to be honest, it's a credit to Kathleen Kennedy. So if you want to take away from her for the initial sequel trilogy, that's fine. But then you have to, you know, tip your hat at her for for these things occurring because. I think they said, you know what, we, maybe we did make some mistakes. The movies did fine, you know, financially and stuff. But, like, the writing could be better. And let's make that process better. And they're doing it. I mean, to varying degrees. But for the most part, <laughs> they're doing it.
1: One thing I really like about these two shows, you know, Shiny Guy and Boba, is... Shiny Guy. I have to call him Shiny Guy because it, it stands out on screen so much between him and Boba. <laughs> like Boba's got the dusty old pale armor, then you got Shiny Guy who's driving a Rolls Royce next to him. You know what I mean?
5: Well, yeah, he's the like, new Boba Fett. I mean, I, I know exactly what you mean. It, it is symbolic of like their place in Star Wars right yes. now. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it's. I have to call him a Shiny Guy, and it's it's not a bad thing. Like Mando is the Michael Jordan of Star Wars to me. I think honestly he is so cool. But one thing I really like what these shows are doing is, yeah, it's building on some lore. It's kind of filling in some gaps, but it's not being so heavy-handed and ham-fisted with it. Like, I think it would have been really easy for Kathleen Kennedy or Favreau or even Robert Rodriguez to say, you know, we're going to show Luke and Grogu on here. But what we're also going to do is we're going to plant the seed of how Luke lost it. You know what I mean? Like, they just... I think... What they do with it is they're very tender with it not ham-fisted and it's it feels more organic than the sequel trilogy
5: right it would be very jarring to like have that happen like so early like to show oh shit Luke's fucking up really bad here I think some really bad writers like would do it to
3: jump ahead to episode 7 but Corey I feel like we're done with Tatooine, right? Like a bow was put on Tatooine. Homeboy, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Like Boba is yeah. in charge now. We, can we have move fixed
5: on. Tatooine. <laughs> this place is good now.
4: Freetown forever. <laughs> Drinks all around.
5: <laughs> uh, there's this funny idea, kind of like that people have been saying about. Uh, the book of Boba Fett, because it was week to week, right? And people would watch an episode, by and large, the fan community would be mad, and then they'd watch the next one and be like, oh, that's okay, it's getting better, then they'd be mad again. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of up and down, right? <laughs> With episodes five and six, there's this ridiculous notion that still kind of lingers in the fan community that um, they brought in Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, to fix the show. Like, oh shit, people are mad. Let's bring in Din Djarin. Like as if they filmed it the few days before the episode released.
1: Did people not know how T V
2: works?
5: They just had that set laying around.
1: Yeah, they just yeah, had everything planned out and ready to go. They have no idea how like filming T V works.
5: No, like fanboys are just so like up their oh ass. Oh my god. Like <laughs> Pedro Pascal like, isn't
4: very busy, either. His schedule's wild.
2: Yeah, no,
5: so he's
1: not one of the most sought-after actors around. All they need is a little fire under their
2: ass to get these great <laughs> episodes out. What They should just make every episode South Park style and we get yeah, banger yeah, episodes. They Six, that days air, Park Park yeah. Six days to air, boys.
1: Six days to air.
2: Could you imagine what the Star Wars franchise would be in one year? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's just John, F- John
3: Favreau and dave fellini like when you hear like we gotta get back up and the mando theme plays i think this is the end of episode four
5: or something yeah yep
3: but that's all you need to know you hear the mando theme and you already know what's going to happen and that's great universe building it takes a lot of planning
5: to do that. right definitely
1: I mean, in a decision like that, like, can't just be made on a whim, to be like, oh, let's fix the show. Like, when you're, you know, obviously they are planning Shiny Guy and Grogu to team up again. Like, when you're planning stuff out like that, you're planning out, like, multiple projects ahead of that. It's not, you know, on a whim, hey, let's get these guys in for a filler spot. Like, you're changing the traje- trajectory of shows when you do that.
2: Maybe, like, before they were even brainstorming, they were like, man, this Boba Fett guy can't hold this whole show on (laughs) his own. (laughs) We definitely need a Mando episode just sprinkled in here (laughs) at some point.
1: Um, Let's get in the final episode, episode seven, because I know we kind of want to leave, you know, shiny guy more to Patreon. Did you guys kind of like The Last Stand... Of like the western town vibe i did i don't know what you guys thought or do you guys think it was kind of retreading kind of familiar waters with what we got with mando previously
5: i know josh has opinions josh josh is, is,
1: <laughs> okay well anybody else's <laughs> opinions then we'll get to Josh. happy you take
5: it i've been talking
1: too much I
3: did not mind it at all. I thought there was a little bit of disconnect when they're trying to... When uh, Mando is trying to say, oh yeah, the Freedom Town is in for sure. I did not get that vibe at all when Mando left that conversation. Um, (laughs) Another character we haven't talked about at all was the Mayor's Advisor. The Mayor's Advisor is very prominent in this episode. I thought his comedy did kind of work for me. I kind of like his anal retentiveness. He's like, oh, I'm willing to grapple. no problem. Like, I'm good with that. Like, I I liked him as a character. I don't know what you guys thought, but I liked him a lot.
0: Unfortunately, Mayor Makshae's schedule is a bit complicated. Unfortunately, as I recall. If you wish to continue breathing,
1: I advise you to weigh your next words carefully.
0: Hmm. actually I may be able to rearrange some of the appointments that aren't as time sensitive as yours uh so if you'll excuse me I'll see what I'm able to do
1: I thought he was a, a test character for sure um but by the end of the series I did like him I just kind of thought of him as a very easy character that would be easy to write in, and a very easy character that would be easy to write out, depending on like fan hatred or love. When he's so like I th- reading I think off, we'll the- see much more of him when he's reading
3: off the tablet and he hasn't read ahead to see what his like. Uh, Boba Fett's actual offer is <laughs> that's great. Like that's that's really interesting. It's like it goes back to Josh's like parlay thing. It's like okay, don't shoot the messenger, but. <laughs>
1: I offer you nothing. <laughs> He's so scared. <laughs> that's good. That's good characters. It's like new good characters. I got very um, Godfather Part Two vibes from that. I like, love that dude. A, He's so That's funny. to me was straight Godfather Part Two.
5: He's the uh, major domo of. This is going to be a quick side note of Mayor Mac Cheese, which I'm pretty sure is a play on Mayor McCheese, that old <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> character. I'm pretty sure that's true.
1: <laughs> I hope that's real.
5: But this really Twi'lek guy, the Major Domo, he is like such a fucking slimy worm-like politician, dude. He's like such a little shithead, you know? He's like...
1: bare big cheats.
3: I like, will grovel for you. No right, problem.
5: Yeah. He's like after some, uh, you know, displays that are purely theatrical of groveling <laughs> and a minor transfer of funds. Then they'll let you go.
3: (laughs) Yes, I went to finishing school, but no, I did not come from a wealthy family. He's great. (laughs) I have heard fans refer to him
5: as cringy sequel humor. I didn't get that at all. I just thought he was genuinely funny. But then again, I am an out-of-touch man in my 30s. I think there's a very big highlight in an episode seven, Stevie. And 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 it's not just the Grogu Dinjarin reunion. Gotta love it though. You do, I agree. We love those two, so you have to, right? But the the highlight of the big battle that is culminated in episode seven, to me, by far, is Boba Fett and Dinjarin back to back just killing Pikes. Yes. Just taking them Ooh. out, man. Pikes.
0: My fucking
5: Yeah, there's the a, the Pikey Syndicate. They sell caravans. <laughs> oh, <Pikes>. and digs
6: <laughs> See,
3: I I almost disagree a little bit because I thought the highlight was the payoff of
5: him riding a Regnor. whatever it is. Ragnar. <laughs> See, you're just thirsty for payoffs because there's so few in this series. <laughs>
3: But dude, that was so great. You have Danny, Danny Trejo driving in the Rancor. And then it's like, at this point, who else can we back up? And there's a very real reason why Boba Fett would want to bring out the, the Rancor. Because he's a fucking wild card. He's fucking Godzilla out there. And we have to deal with it later. Like, that whole thing is so well set up and paid off. It's really, really good. No, it is a, good. I
4: have another favorite payoff part. The mayor getting hanged until his neck breaks. That like weird octopus mayor, like whatever creature he's an ithorian. Oh, it's so like. Is he
1: an octopus? I thought he was like a snail. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to be.
4: Well, going back to what Kylo was saying, I do disagree because I have a few things. This is what I said was my least favorite part about the whole series, some of the blocking in this battle. And it starts with Mando and Boba, for some reason leaving that building they're in just to stand in the middle of like the street taking a bunch of shots. I don't understand their strategy there. And I think it's bad. There's some other examples of little times like that. One time, Drash, when she's up there sniping with like one of the like country bumpkin people, yeah. she's like, I'm gonna distract the droid to exactly where they're both standing in the sniper spot.
6: <laughs>
4: like, go back and watch that scene, it doesn't make any sense. I know what you're talking about, I know
5: exactly what you're talking about.
4: Um, and then the part where Fennec is like killing everyone while I love how the mayor dies. I don't like how she's like shooting from the rafters and they never show the view of like where she had hid or what that like roof I had a big issue with that. Like what's happening up there? Where where is she going? One more thing. The stuff with the Wookie, like when he gets trampled by a bunch of guys with knives, you either assume that he's captured or dead. And that could I think it's interesting if they just capture him. But the next time you see him, he's just like freaking fine blasting people away again. Like That's a huge logic gap that...
3: He's a Wookiee, and he's the best warrior Wookiee.
4: Can he not be stabbed by a thousand knives? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a
5: Wookiee. It takes 10,000.
4: That's my little shit list. Sorry, guys. Thanks for getting through there. I... I do love the Gamorians also, and when they die by getting shoved off the cliff, it's really satisfying. The only thing that could have made them better is if Boba Fett, instead of inheriting two at the beginning, he inherited, like, twelve, and there's this gimmick where, like, you knew two Gamorians were going to die every episode.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'd be like, oh no, the last two. <laughs>
4: <laughs> kind of like Kenny from South Park, sort of thing. <laughs> like, okay, here's the Gamorrean death scene.
1: <laughs> One of the
3: beauties of Star Wars is how it straddles all these different genres, right? Like Stevie mentioned, like there's the Star Wars, or the, the sci fi aspect, and the Western aspect. When the. What's he called? Rancor? Rag Ragnar? Right.
5: You got it right the first time. Boba Fett's Rancor, Rangor.
3: It was fighting that like big droid. That feels like the best kaiju thing I've seen in a long, long time. It's this like epic scale of a fight with things that are bigger than the players who are like we've like, like come attached to. I thought that was great. It felt it literally felt like a Godzilla movie when he was like tearing off those arms and stuff. And like he's getting blasted. I thought that
5: was great. That is some good shit. It definitely is. And, I, you know, people have complained about this to varying degrees. I think a lot of people are on board with you, though, Pappy, that they like it. But I've heard people say weird shit, like, why didn't Boba Fett get his ship instead? And I'm, like, thinking because the droids have these giant shields that the ship lasers won't work on, (laughs) but whatever. Um, I think having the Rancor there is a great payoff because... um, It was set up clearly, like you said, but also, and I've touched on this, I think there are payoffs that are not paid off very well. Uh, One of them was the... um, Damn it, I want to say Jabba's again, the Hutts. I I think they set them up as a real threat early on, and then they just fizzled out. They're just like, you know what? We're actually not going to go here. We're going to go back home. Uh, We don't care about this, actually, so later. like That was like a real letdown. But also, the, the whole payoff to the earlier setup, sand people stuff. The Tusken Raiders, like Boba Fett living with them. I think the major payoff to that is when he fights Cad Bane at the end of this, right? Cause it's, mm. he uses his Tusken mm. Raider skills to overcome. And I, I've been waiting a long time for the Tusken Raider stuff to come back. I was almost certain that he would call upon Tusken Raiders to help them in this end skirmish here. Like, you know, he would go find the Tuscan Raider, like, king and, like, you know, <laughs> re- recruit the other tribes or something. But uh, the payoff is just really, like... Well, I guess there's two, and you guys can let me know if I'm wrong here. But one is, like, the physical skills he learned to defeat Cad Bane because his bounty hunter skills weren't enough, right? And then I guess the other one was just, like, the discipline he learned, right? Now he wants to w- rule with respect because I guess that's, like... Uh, a lesson he learned with the Tuscan Raiders.
0: Consider this my final lesson. Look out for yourself. Anything else
7: is weakness.
3: But the character of Boba is like consistent too, right? Like he loves the fucking Bantha. You know what I mean? They have a great relationship. Some of the best shots of this whole series are Boba Fat on a Bantha just riding over sand dunes. So They're so cinematic. They look great despite all the CGI. And like his relationship with this animal helps him beat the final boss instead of way back in episode one and two. Like that is really good writing on the series part.
4: Stevie, did you want to say anything? Were you gonna say, Josh? No, the the rancor though is like part of your dismay of like showing it too much. Like you brought that up at the beginning of the pod. That might be a good way to bow this whole thing. Like they show every angle, every it's very lit. It starts out kind of between the buildings, like Cloverfield ish, Cloverfield. Yeah. But I mean, that's just an issue I have with movies in general.
1: Is I think there's a lot of cool things you can do without showing the whole thing. And I have to lighting, light the whole thing. I have to show, I mean, every little intricate detail. There's a lot of cool things you can do. And it just kind of bothers me when blocking goes out the window. And let's just show the whole thing. But I'm with Corey, though. Uh, I absolutely love, uh, you know, kind of episodes one and two falling back to, you know, the finale and uh, Bubba overcoming you know our bad blue fish guy like that way. So, oh, that was very cool. But um, anything else you guys want to add?
5: I, I have something. Quick thing. It's from an earlier episode, but there, there's a moment that I just haven't been able to talk to anyone about this. The black wiki, His name's Black Chrysanthem. He has these weapons. They're spiked knuckle dusters that are electric, <laughs> right? And when he goes to take out Boba earlier, he gives Boba a solid straight shot to the chin. And like that should have been it, like game over. Like sorry Boba Fett, you failed as Daimyo. Rest <laughs> in peace. Written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Like that's the end.
2: <laughs> but Does it you know, just bounce it's bounce off his face.
5: <laughs> he just kind of falls down and gets back up. <laughs> <laughs> what did we think about
3: the end credit scene, Corey? Is, is he a I forget his name in the series, but that guy who gave up his Mandalorian armor, is he a future antagonist? Or like, how is there a Book of Boba Fett season two
5: from here? Cobb Vanth, you're talking about him? Uh, Timothy Oliphant?
1: Vanth Refrigeration.
5: Yeah. I, mm-hmm. You know, they make it seem like he might be dead, but I think it's pretty clear he gets shot like in the shoulder or a non-vital area. And then after the credits, you know, we see that guy that Mikey told me. He's like a celebrity of some kind. What's the guy with yellow dreads, Mikey?
2: Oh, Thundercat?
5: Yeah, so we see Thundercat like power up his uh, soldering iron. Like he's going to fix up uh, Cobb Vanth here. I don't know. I just think it means, you know, Cobb Vanth will live to fight another day. And to say that cool line that he says when he's about to have like a Western shootout. Think it through. I think that's cool. That'll be like his new catchphrase.
3: Let's just please be done with Tatooine. There's no more stories to
5: tell on this planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vanth Refrigeration is moving to Coruscant. <laughs> there's, there's a couple more.
1: One last thing. I don't know why. I'm not even sure if I got the quote right, but I love, love the line. What's the bad, bad blue guy's name? Is it Cad Bane? Is that his name? Yeah. I love that line when he's like you know you've gotten soft and I, I just I thought it was perfect westerns they just taught me back took me back to like the 60s and 70s westerns when Bubba just replies you know we all do
0: tell your client negotiations are terminated you're going soft in your old age we
1: all do I think that's just a great fucking line for this show, and it really encapsulates like him as a character.
5: Yeah, my friend Josh, uh, review dude Josh, was telling me that there's a lot of uh, moments in this last episode that are, are like directly taken out of Desperado, which is a movie that I don't know about, so I can't speak to that. But apparently, you know, Robert Rodriguez again, he was the showrunner of this series, so he was the lead writer. Um, apparently he used some of his old tricks or some of his old shots recreated them in this and uh, you know the western elements are definitely tied into that as well classic spoilers film
1: (laughs) (laughs) right, Um, Josh you don't have any trivia do you? No sir all right. Well, I think that is it for this um, part of uh, the book of uh, Bubba Fat, as Happy <laughs> likes to call him.
4: <laughs> Bubba Fat. Did we give a yes or no?
1: Oh, I mean, I thought that was kind of uh, you know a given, but yeah, let's do yes or nos. Josh, you start. I'll
4: give it a yes. Climatic as always.
1: I, I liked
3: how Josh requested the yes or no. Well,
4: we have very few segments. So at least fulfill the segment. A yes. Corey, Pap, is it yeses? Anybody going to surprise yeah. us with a no? Yeah, go. What's up? So I'll say
3: again. Chapter two of the series might be my favorite Star Wars thing since Empire Strikes Back it is so well executed the way that the lore is built is so well done and the way that this interacts with the Mandalorian listen it's easy to criticize Disney for building the cinematic universes but it's way fucking harder to do than you think oh, yeah. it's, it's very consistent I love the way these two stories play off each other I would be a little bit disappointed if I only watched The Mandalorian to know that Grogu ends up with Mando off screen. But goddamn, if I don't love every time Grogu waddles his way out <laughs> to the middle of a conflict and solves it by like gently closing his eyes a little bit. Um, very hard yes. Very, very hard yes. I'm very impressed by this. My complaints are few and far between. It's so watchable. I watched it all in a day. Um, I'm excited to see where Star Wars goes again. And, I, and I've been very down on Star Wars. But I think that John Favreau and Dave Filoni, and, and to, maybe to a lesser extent, Robert Rodriguez, maybe he's like the ringer for like the Western Star Wars stuff. But we'll talk about episode five later. But when we get off planet and we see these other worlds... I I think Star Wars is headed in the right direction. So very hard yes for the book of Boba Fett. I liked
1: it a lot. Awesome. I'll give this a really hard yes as well. Like I put in the thread earlier, um, I've never seen such a leap in goodness from episode one and two in any show in my life, which was like episode one and two of this series. I'm shocked they released it one episode at a time and didn't release The first two as a companion piece, at least. I'm with Pap. I absolutely love the second episode. The action is fantastic. The character building is great. I actually get to like the Tusken Raiders and a piece of Star Wars uh, lore for once. This show is awesome. It includes the shiny guy, that squishy little bastard that everybody loves. Uh, Grogu is awesome. I know Pap hates the CGI Luke. He actually looked really cool in this series, no matter how detrimental it is to acting in Hollywood going forward. Dangerous! Yeah, it it, it can be dangerous, you're right. But, um, you know, is it, you know, is this show what, you know, the first two seasons of The Mandalorian was? No, it's not. But it incorporates the worlds very well and the characters seamlessly. And like Pab said, creating a universe like this is so gosh darn hard i mean if it were easy everybody you know outside of like disney would have their own universe and have it be successful which we've seen time and time again it hasn't been whether it's been the monsters universe or the dark universe or the fuck it was called the universal tried and got canned after one one film or you know even dc fucked it up so badly you know that it just (laughs) never materialized so hats off to the writing crew and the showrunners of this show and mando it's been working flawlessly and i can't w- wait to see where star wars goes from here so hard yes
3: one more thing too <laughs> like mando if you go back and listen to those episodes when we we're first digesting it we thought it was going to be an adventure of the week type story still can be and it still could be but everything that that show did laid the foundation for this show and that, like, like we've said over and over again that's very very hard to do yeah credit to kathleen kennedy credit to Jon Favreau. The Adventure of the Week aspect of it paid off so well in this series. So I, I'm more invested in Star Wars than I have been in a long time.
5: I guess that leaves me, Corey, Kylo. I'm going to give it a yes as well. Uh, I think it's a good series, but I don't think it's great, right? So I did like a lot of things that this show did. And this, this show did things for people just like me. Shit that you guys didn't notice or give a shit about, with maybe the exception <laughs> of Josh. Uh, for example, when Boba Fett goes and he confronts those bikers, when he's like living with the Tuskens and he goes to this like little secluded bar, there's a human couple in there. Now that couple is from the New Hope deleted scene <laughs> where Luke hangs out with his friends and it's those two people. They are specifically made to look like them and then later it was confirmed that it is them. So. This show's doing a lot for fans, right? But it's not only doing that. That would be bad. It's also telling a story that I think is executed mostly pretty well, right? Again, there's things that the connective threads aren't as strong as I would like them to be for some of the aspects of the show. But uh, overall, I think it worked. I mean, sometimes I would find myself asking questions about why is this person doing this? Uh, why is this person doing that namely with Boba Fett and his whole um, originating motivation on being daimyo and what he wants to do with that Uh, but if I can set those things aside and just watch it as a show I think it does deliver on some great things that I like in TV in general and uh, it's pretty cool for that to me it's no Mando but it's still pretty good
1: very cool yeses all around um well, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. I know it's been kind of long, but you when know, we do season breakdowns like this, it usually takes a while, and I like, to, you know, we all like talking about this stuff, and we hope that you enjoy listening to it, and if you really enjoy this, hop over to our Patreon episode, where we go over episode five. Smooth the one like we, butter. Josh is going to be hosting that. He's gonna, He's going to crush it, I promise you. And uh, we're going to have a blast with that one, too. So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, that was spoilers.
3: Special thank you to our patrons,
7: Nick. I think I have an idea how to draw Boba
0: Fett out. Matt Troll, like a panther. Yes,
4: David,
0: another. Understandable misunderstanding. The uh, only tribute I bear is the mayor's heartfelt welcome, which I express in his stead. The Meg. The mayor's heartfelt welcome and regrets that he's been drawn away by pressing matters, milady.
7: Brother Brian, rid the streets of Mozespa of this. Scourge, and I will double my tribute to him.
0: Brother Ellis. The Order of the Night Wind are not allowed to operate outside of Hut Space. Thank you for turning him in. Nurse Stacy. I don't care what your tablet says. This is Mos and I am Daimyo here. Oh. Ruid cave I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe perhaps another time next actually there is one other matter if I may actually
1: hey, should know before we do that I have a question Corey give us an update is that tweet of Ben Shapiro real or not <laughs> You know
3: which
5: one, audience. Tell
1: us what, uh, you know what, Corey, tell us which tweet it is.
5: Okay, well, you're asking me if the tweet of Ben Shapiro uh, commenting on his sister (laughs) saying that he's been uh, looking at these pictures for hours of her simply glowing and how beautiful she is, pretty creepy stuff. You're asking me if those are real. Well, I don't know, Josh. Are they real? You're the one that looked it up.
4: <laughs> I was told to look this up after the pod, and I think this whole segment may be edited out, but on no. February 15th, user MadgeCamilla999 <laughs> revealed the photographs were Photoshopped <laughs> by Shirt.Sexy. Oh. Boo. Not only you only buy a
3: T-shirt of those tweets? You can have that on a shirt?
4: Not only was the text edited... But the pictures were edited to endow her further, and it is, mm, you hate to see it. (sighs) See
3: how much fun we can have on the podcast when Brett's not here?
5: (laughs) Where we can go. (laughs) Any of you guys ever see the real thing? (laughs) No. Abigail Shapiro, it's out there. That's all I'm saying.
1: Anyway, Star Wars.
3: (laughs) Did you hear? Why did you hear the quiet as everyone started to Google?
1: (laughs) No way. The audience needed the break too. All right, they needed that break too. But anyway, um, let's go from east to west. This is
2: never going to air.
6: (laughs) Gotcha. Do you
0: know who I am? I am Boba Fett.
2: little bugger. That was spoilers.